Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, and welcome to the Opsense Report's first quarter of fiscal year 2022 financial results conference call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Please note this event is being recorded I'll now turn the conference over to Robert Bloom with Listen Partners. Please go ahead. All right. Thank you very much, Anthony, and thank you all for joining us today. As Anthony mentioned, for the OpSense first quarter fiscal year 2022 conference call, this is for the period ending November 30th, 2021. With us on the call representing the company today are Louis Laflemme, OpSense President, Chief Executive Officer, and Robin Villeneuve, OpSense Chief Financial Officer. At the conclusion of today's premier remarks, we will open the call for a question and answer session. Before we begin, though, with those prepared remarks, just a couple of comments. Today's call will contain forward-looking statements that are based on current assumptions and subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected, and the company undertakes no obligation to update these statements except as required by law. Information about these risks and uncertainties are included in the company's filings, as well as periodic filings with regulators in Canada and the United States, which you can find on CDAR and the OpSense website. Today's discussion will also include adjusted financial measures, which are non-IFRS measures. These should be considered as a supplement to and not a substitute for IFRS financial measures. Finally, today's event is being recorded and will be available for replay through both the webcast and conference call dial-in information provided in the press release. With that said, let me turn the call over to Louis Laflamme, President, Chief Executive Officer for OpSense. Louis, please proceed. Thank you, Robert, and, and good morning to all of you. We are excited to speak with you today, again, to discuss the development within the business. Let me also take a minute to greet the French-speaking audience. Bonjour et bienvenue à notre conférence téléphonique pour le premier trimestre 2022. Merci, merci beaucoup de vous être joints à nous aujourd'hui. Let's move into the highlights. On the commercialization side of our business, particularly the coronary artery disease, or FFR and DPR sales, we continue to see strong commercial potential for our products, despite the recent slowdown in the overall hospital-related procedures that we talked about last quarter due to the uh, reallocation of resources within these hospitals towards COVID-focused activities. In addition to the COVID impact on procedure, we also had a negative $400,000 impact on exchange rate, which negatively impacted our revenue growth. We are optimistic that the second half of fiscal year 2022 will show resumption in revenue growth. On the development side of our business, we remain 
full speed ahead and on track for an anticipated approval in the second half of 2022 for our next generation medical guide wire, which we are calling Savvy Wire. The guide wire is designed and developed for transcatheter aortic valve replacement or TAVR procedures. As a reminder to those new to the company, this is one of the fastest growing segments within cardiology, with the market expected to reach 8 billion by 2025. In November, we completed the necessary 20 patient in-man clinical safety and efficacy study utilizing the Savio wire with all patients successfully treated without any adverse effects. As a result, we submitted our clinical package for 510K clearance to the US FDA at the end of December 2021. We also submitted for approval with Health Canada in December 2021. This was clearly a significant milestone for the team here at Austin. I will expand upon this more in a moment, but we are now closer than ever to entering the massive tavern market with what we believe is the industry's most innovative ancillary product that will drive future revenue and strategic value for Austin. Another key development this quarter is that we prepaid the entire balance of the term loan in the amount of 5.8 million, which will provide an annual, annualized interest saving of approximately $250,000. Following the prepayment, we continue to maintain a very strong balance sheet with more than $32 million in cash at the end of November. So with that as a high-level overview, let's jump into more specifics. Starting with the afterwater, sales within our coronary artery disease business, or what we refer to as FFR and DPR, were 4.9 million during the first quarter, a decrease of 7% compared to 5.3 million in the year ago quarter. As I mentioned, a negative exchange rate impact of 400,000 and the continued impact of COVID on industry-wide procedure volumes negatively impacted our coronary growth. As we talked about last quarter, particularly in the U.S. market, there were impacts on the number of procedures in the hospitals due to the Delta variant wave that came through in our fourth quarter. And subsequently, there were staffing challenges impacting certain procedures. The level of procedures did improve for November ending first quarter, but not at what I would call normalized levels. Overall, our sales in the U.S. were down 17% compared to the year ago first quarter. We are expecting a similar set of circumstances in the second quarter due to the Omicron variant, which could impact procedure volume. While this is not unique to Austin and has impacted the overall industry, we are maintaining our focus on driving continued long-term adoption of a warrior across the world with a number of key initiatives, including the continued addition 
of new customers through direct sales while capitalizing on our GPO contract. As we have discussed, working with hospital systems and GPOs has been a key initiative, and we are optimistic about the progress made to drive market acceptance in the U.S. While still a relatively small amount, average quarterly unit sales to GPO grew 23% since we started with the new GPO account in Q2 2021. We opened seven new accounts during Q1 2022 and have a commitment for an additional six accounts in Q2 2022. We are also planning to double the size of the sales team in the U.S. over the next six months. We currently are at approximately 10 territory managers and expect to be at 20 to 25 later this year. We believe the U.S. is an important market for us and are focused on driving continued growth, which should be bolstered by a return to more normalized hospital procedure levels. Outside the U.S., Canada was up 22% compared to the year-ago period, while the impact in Canada from COVID is similar to that of the U.S., Absence was recently awarded a multi-year contract as the main coronary pressure gatewater for the eastern part of the province of Quebec, which has been a nice growth driver for Absence. Sales in EMEA were up 10%, and Japan was also down. Overall, while we had some challenges during the quarter and less than optimal procedure volume, we remain focused on growing Optowater on a go-forward basis which should be aided by a return to normalized procedure volume, which hopefully is soon. Transitioning to our business partnership for a moment, where several companies are integrating absence sensors into their products used in medical applications, including Abiamed's integration of our pressure sensor into their Impella pump. Sales to OEMs were $2.4 million, an historical quarterly high in Q1 2022 compared to $2 million in Q1 2021. This is consistent with our expectations given the large majority of this revenue is associated to Abiamed under a long-term supply agreement. Let's now transition to our industrial segment. For the quarter, Revenue was approximately $700,000 compared to $1 million in the year ago quarter and $700,000 in Q4 2021. As expected, Q1 2022 revenue was down due to the lumpy nature of the industrial business. As a reminder, our industrial segment leveraged our optical technology and knowledge through our only own subsidiary called Opson Solution, offering key solutions in optical temperature, pressure, strain, and other critical parameters for various industries, including aerospace, nuclear, and power electronics. Similar to what I mentioned during our year-end call, the long-term opportunity in this segment continues to get more attractive as we are working on an increasing number of potentially significant projects where absence 
proprietary sensing components could be integrated into these critical projects. This includes the International Eureka Network project, where Austin and our partners are developing an optical fuel monitoring system for aerospace applications based on Austin solution patented fiber optic technology. The other key project is the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, or ITER project, which is the world's largest nuclear fusion and scientific experiment project currently under construction in southern France. As a reminder, Absence was selected to supply our customer with fiber optic absolute and differential pressure sensor that will provide critical information for accurate monitoring of their cryogenic valve boxes. In total, it is anticipated that there will be a large number of sensors at different phases of the ITER project for which absence sensing technology would be applicable for this important project. The team at Absence Solution continues to do a great job, and I look forward to the continued leveraging of our uh, proprietary optical technology to a wide variety of commercial applications. With that overview on our commercial base operation, let's jump into our lead development program for Tavern. As I mentioned earlier in the call, we completed the necessary 20 patient first-in-man clinical study utilizing the SAVI water in November. And in December, we submitted our package for 510K clearance to the US FDA. We also submitted for approval with Health Canada in December as well. To those newer to the company, the Savvy Warrior is our new intelligent pre-shaped structural guide wire which integrated, uh, with integrated pressure monitoring aimed at improving procedural efficiency and clinical outcomes by allowing multiple steps over the same device without exchange. The device has been designed to support the minimalist TAVR approach, which has, been, which has been growing among structural art physicians. With the SAVI wire, physicians can expect to diagnose and implant the valve over the same device while getting continuous and accurate hemodynamic measurements. The introduction of this novel and advanced guide wire that has the ability to both deliver the valve while allowing pressure measurement during the procedure is considered to be a significant benefit to the medical community, especially given the rapid growth in TAVR procedures. So with the submissions now behind us, we look forward to the responses from the various groups and are confident we'll be looking at approval in end of the summer or beginning of the fall of this year for the U.S. market. We are also leveraging the recent positive data that was presented at the TCT 2021 annual meeting held in November, where Savvy Water was featured in four presentations by leading medical specialists, including Dr. Philip Jenner 
international cardiologist, world-renowned for his innovative research, and director of the Structural Art Program at Morristown Medical Center in New Jersey, who presented for the first time clinical data validating the robustness of the absence savvy water algorithm in assessing pressure gradient before and after TAVR procedure compared to different diagnostic modalities. Next, Dr. Joseph Rodais Cabot at the Quebec Art and Lung Institute in Quebec City reported on his experience with absence savvy water as one of the lead investigators conducting our first in man study. Finally, Dr. Thomas Modin from Chubordeaux from France and Dr. Emma Gada from UPMC Pinnacle, Pennsylvania in the US and Dr. Reda Ibrahim from Montreal Art Institute in Canada joined Dr. Geneva in a panel to discuss the future of TAVR hemodynamics brought on by Austin Savvy Water. The discussion focused on current unmet needs in the field of structural art intervention, especially related to the need for a more efficient, safe, and optimal way to assess procedural results during TAVR and the unique solution the Austin Savvy Water provides for this important medical procedures. We are honored these world-renowned cardiologists have presented and discussed the positive clinical data regarding the performance of our new savvy wire. As a reminder, both Dr. Rodais Cabo and Ibrahim were also primary investigators in our first in-man study. The data from the TCT meeting has certainly increased the awareness and interest in our new tower product, which should bode well as we look to commercially launch the product later this year, pending regulatory approvals. Before I turn it over to Robin for a more detailed review of the financials, let me quickly summarize. We were hit with a few negative revenue variances and COVID-impacted procedure volumes. Despite the situation, we have been continuing to increase our customer base to prepare for growth during fiscal year 2022. Despite these near-term items, we remain focused on investing in the growth of the optowire business with a plan to more than double the direct sales efforts in the U.S. later this year and continuing to leverage key industry relationships. Our industrial team continues to do a great job as we gear up for some exciting projects in the coming years. We completed our first in-man study for TAVR and filed our 510K submission with the US FDA and with Air Canada as well, positioning us to remain on track to commercialize our disruptive new technology later this calendar year. And finally, our balance sheet remains strong, allowing us to deploy resources to accelerate sales and marketing activities while increasing R&D investments to further capitalize on business opportunities ahead of us. I want to thank all our employees for their hard work and dedication, especially in the face of less than ideal conditions we all face on a day-to-day -day basis. 
we have accomplished a number of very important milestones and developments, which I believe sets the foundation for long-term success for Hobson. Let me now turn the call over to Robin for a further review of the financial results. Robin? Thank you, Louis, and thanks to everyone joining us on the call. As we hit on a few of these items, I will try to add some additional details where I can. The company reported sales of 8.1 million during the first quarter. This was broken down as 4.9 million in our coronary artery disease lines of business, 2.4 million in our optical medical system, which is mainly our agreement with Abiumed for integration of our pressure sensor into their Ampela pump, and $700,000 in our industrial or absence solution segment. A few keynotes. As we stated, procedure volumes, while improved in the November quarter compared to August, are still not at normalized levels and may yet again be impacted from the recent Omicron variant for the current February ending quarter. We are monitoring procedure levels actively. Our absent solution business continues to see an increase in orders. However, we do not have clarity on timing, particularly as it relates to the larger projects we mentioned. Our OEM revenues should maintain constant growth with normal variability. And finally, similar to what I mentioned last quarter, because the company's revenues are generated in US dollars, Canadian dollars, euros, and British pounds, fluctuation in the exchange rate affect revenues. For the three-month period ending November 30th, 2021, revenues were negatively affected by about $400,000 compared to the same period last year. When you look at gross margin, mainly due by negative exchange rate impact, margins were 51% in Q1 2022 compared to 56 last year. We continue to believe we will see year-over-year -year increase in gross margin percentage due to higher sales volume and the related economies of scale combined with enhanced productivity. From an operating expenses standpoint, as planned, overall operating expenses increased by 1.7 million during the first quarter of fiscal 2022 compared to the first quarter of fiscal 21. The increase is largely explained by our investments in sales and marketing as we are ramping up our sales efforts to continue growing market share in the U.S along with increases in our general and administrative costs pertaining to higher headcount and professional fees. As we explained, we are making additional investments in sales and marketing and research and development over the coming quarters to capitalize on the opportunities we have to accelerate growth of up the wire and development of our savvy wire. As a reminder, the company received $500,000 grant from the Canadian government during Q1 2021, which was not received in Q1 
2022. A debt DAO, which we define as net income loss plus financial expenses, depreciation of PTE and right of use assets, amortization of intangible assets, and stock-based compensation costs, was a negative 1.1 million in the first quarter of 22, compared to a positive 1.3 million in the first quarter of 21. The decrease is mainly due to higher sales and marketing and administrative expenses and a higher amount of Canadian grants received last year. Looking at net income, we are reporting a net loss of 2.1 million in the first quarter of 2022, compared with a net income of $600,000 in the year ago, first quarter. The net loss is due to our investment to capitalize on business opportunities with additional spending in sales and marketing, R&D, and others for operating expenses, increasing 1.7 million, as I mentioned. We also had a $500,000 Canadian grant last year, which was not recognized in this year's first quarter. Finally, on the balance sheet, we ended November with $32 million of cash and cash equivalents. And as we mentioned, in September 2021, the company prepaid the entire balance of the term loan in the amount of $5.8 million, which will provide an annualized interest saving of approximately $250,000. With that, I will turn the call over to Louis. Thank you, Robin. So thank you to all our investors for their continued interest and support of Opson. We are working hard every day to capitalize on the opportunities ahead of us to position Opson for long-term success. Operator, let me now turn the call over to any questions. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star than one on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star than two. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad, because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals 24. That's Chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Our first question comes from Raul Saru Gazer with Raymond James. 
you may go ahead. Uh, good morning, Louis and Ravan. Thanks so much for, for taking our questions. Uh, just a good morning, Rose. Thank, uh, good morning. So just a quick housekeeping question to start with. Um, we noticed that there's been a little uptick in, in GNA as well as R&D. I'm assuming the R&D was because of the clinical trial that's now complete. Could you give us a little more sense in terms of how you know, those upticks and how, do you, how, do we, how should we be thinking about those uh, going forward? Uh, Robin, you, you may think the, the details, but uh, at high level, uh, I mean, we uh, for R&D, this is uh, in line with our uh, expectations and plans. For uh, for administrative costs, I mean, uh, usually, uh, I mean, uh, it's based on the accounting rules. Uh, we get the, the full expense for the audit of the financial statement in, in the first quarter, so it's having some. Uh, impact uh, when you compare this with uh, with Q4, but and we we have worked uh, different uh, different projects for the the long term that may have uh, generated a bit more uh, legal cost, uh, but overall the, the structure has not uh, has not materially changed from uh, what we had uh, in 2021 from an administrative standpoint, and we expect this to uh, to continue over. 2000 or over the fiscal year 2022. Uh, Robin, is there any additional detail you, you would like to provide on this? No, no, I think uh, you, uh, you completed uh, the de all, all the details. Great, uh, great, thanks for your event. So now turning to FFR, uh, it's great. It's good to it's good to hear that uh, there's been additional seven accounts opened um, and that you're building up a sales team. Um, you know, so how should we be thinking about this translating into revenue going forward? And also, you know, will the sales team be primarily focused on FFR uh, and or TAVR? And, and how should we be thinking about those timelines? Okay. Uh, well, first, uh, the, the the strategy that we have is that the, the sales team, the, the territory manager, will sell both products. So. Uh, we, we think there is a great synergy because we are talking about, I mean, the same cat labs, uh, uh, often the, the same doctors. So uh, they, they will be uh, focusing on both. Uh, and, and uh, you know, from a timing standpoint, obviously for the, uh, before the end of the summer or the beginning of the fall, uh, we don't expect the savvy water to be approved. So in that context, they, they will focus on uh, on the optowire, uh, and, and I mean we, uh, as I mentioned uh, today, we are uh, developing accounts. Uh, we uh, somehow we, we were hoping for uh, more revenues. Uh, the, the volume in general in the hospital, I mean the, the shortage in personnel. Uh, all, all those COVID-related impact did not help. To your question, when you say, okay, how should we see this about uh, from a, a revenue standpoint from uh, for the rest of the year, uh, we, we still expect that uh, Q2 uh, will suffer from a, a volume standpoint. I mean, if we if we look so far, uh, let's see, and you, you all know that uh, uh, the Omicron uh, had an impact uh, in general on, on procedures that uh, even are, are going beyond 
what we call uh, elective procedure. And, and if I, I remind everybody, in the case of our FFR business, uh, there, there is some cases that are elective, that, that is, there is some that are not. Uh, historically, uh, you know, COVID had some impact, but, but right now we, we saw a, a stronger impact just because of the shortage of personnel in the cat lab. But coming to your question, I mean, we, uh, we expect to Q2 somehow to suffer uh, for those conditions. Uh, still, I mean, the, you know, we, we expect to maintain the revenue at a, a significant level, but it, it's not going to show the growth that we had historically. When we look for uh, Q3 and, uh, and Q4, uh, we think we are uh, we are doing the right thing. We are developing customers. Uh, so in that context, we uh, we expect to find uh, growth at a a more usual level uh, in those quarters. And and this response was referring to the the coronary artery uh, disease uh, revenues. Uh, when we look to the uh, OEM business, uh, this is a, a different dynamic where. Um, you know, th there is some customers that are that are impacted. Uh, this being said, uh, we we expect to uh, uh, to see uh, growth in, in revenues in this business uh, through the the year. And, and I mean, uh, when you look to the uh, OEM business, where we have you know a, a large group of customers, very strong customers that are uh, leaders in, in their application. Uh, it was an historical uh, record for Q1 2022, uh, and uh, we can expect that uh, uh, Q2 and, and the second half of, of 2022 should also go in that direction. And the, the just one last point on, on the industrial uh, business, and, and I mean, it's it, it, it's quite impressive what we we see, but we uh, um, you know we do uh, we do see a, a good uh, good uh, volume of uh, new orders that are coming in. So uh, we uh, we expect to do fairly well uh, for for that business unit. Great, that's that's very helpful, Louis. Thank you very much. And one just last one last question. Um, we had anticipated a uh, response from Health Canada likely in Q2, FDA Q3. Are those? Do you still expect that those are those timelines are maintained? And you may not be able to answer this last question, but you know, I'll ask it anyway. You know, is there anything you're able to share around sort of M&A and our partnership interest uh, in in the TAVR program? Okay. Well, uh, two two components in your question. So, from a, a regulatory standpoint, uh, uh, let's say we. Uh, so far, uh, right after filing, uh, th there was those uh, initial uh, screening steps that uh, we, we think we uh, we, we met uh, the the expectation, the request rapidly. So uh, in that context, we feel that uh, the, the progress from a, a regulatory standpoint uh, has been very good between the, the last conference call and, and today. So we are very glad about this. Uh, from a, a partnership standpoint, so uh, ju just to complete on the the, the, say the regulatory plan, uh, I mean, there, there would be uh, some interaction 
uh, with the authorities. When we uh, we built the, the, the timeline, there, there was you know assumption that there would be a certain uh, number of round of questions, and, and this is a bit difficult to uh, to predict. Uh, so, but the the message there is that uh, we, we think in the in the timeline that we gave. Uh, we have, you know, appropriate, uh, uh, let's say we, we were conservative and reasonable with the uh, real expected timeline where we can get the approval. It, it, you know, it could be faster, but it could be, uh, it could take longer. But we think what we are giving to you today is, is really, uh, you know, our, our best estimate. And, and from a, a partnership standpoint, uh, what I can say at high level is that, you know, the, the TCT event was uh, was really impactful. Uh, it it generates, uh, you know, various uh, inbounds or, or, you know, to to us. Um, you know, the the commercialization plan uh, remained to uh, to to place the, the savvy wire. In, uh, in our portfolio and to drive this uh, commercialization with our existing sales channel being uh, the direct sales force in North America and uh, the sales channels with distributors that we have in, in Europe and Japan. Uh, you know, the, the company will assess uh, other opportunities uh, if they come. But, but right now, I would say uh, that despite the... Uh, uh, real interest, we, we still believe that the, the plan A is, is what we will execute. Great. Thanks very much, uh, Louis Urban. Uh, wishing you the best of luck with Q2, and we'll get back in the queue. Thank you. Our next question comes from Justin Keywood with Stiefel. You may go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Just had some follow-up questions on uh, the opening comments on the uh, procedures expected to return to normal. Is there not a larger backlog that's building here? I assume these procedures are just being deferred, uh, not canceled. So it, when these procedures do return, would there be uh, an acceleration of growth? Uh, it's a, Justin, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, obviously, the, the patients that were... Uh, expecting to have a procedure and, and they got a cancellation, uh, they don't feel any better uh, after. Uh, this being said, uh, I, I think that uh, the capacity of the uh, hospital uh, may, may be a, a limiting factor where uh, they, they won't be able to catch up over uh, you know, uh, a month or two. So uh, yes, the, there is a backlog of patients and we expect this that uh, you know the uh, the the backlog will will decrease uh, over time, but we don't expect this to happen in, in one quarter. Okay, and uh, to be clear, the return to growth that's expected are around Q3, fiscal Q3. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's helpful. And then on the sales and uh, marketing expenses, uh, increasing uh, the team from 10 to 20 to 25 uh, reps, if I heard correctly, uh, what's the expected ROI 
on this investment as far as new uh, sales levels that could be achieved? Uh, I mean, we, we are not ready to share with the street the uh, ROI that we, uh, we expect. Uh, this being said, what we can say is that uh, uh, usually the, there is a certain, uh, you know, the, the, the first few months uh, are, are not the most effective from a revenue standpoint. Uh, usually we see the impact of, of new territory manager uh, happening more after, uh, let's say, one quarter of, uh, of training and developing relationship with the hospital or, or just uh, re-engaging their, the contact those uh, territory manager may have. So uh, in that context, that we are continuing to hire, and, and you will see uh, revenues from, from those hiring, uh, mostly starting in, in Q3 and mostly in Q4. Okay, understood. And what's the incremental expense on the sales and marketing line for those additional hires? Uh, you, you mean for the, the, the full fiscal year? Uh, yeah, however it's best to describe it or on a quarterly basis. I assume that we won't see the full expenses until Q4. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 will, it, it will follow... Uh, what I just said from a revenue standpoint, with maybe a few months in advance, but uh, I mean, you, uh, we had uh, 2.1 million dollar in, in sales and, and, and marketing cost, and uh, you know you can expect uh, the, this amount to grow, uh, let's say by uh, something like uh, uh, 30 to. Uh, 40% uh, uh, gradually over the year. Okay, that's helpful. And then uh, just finally to clarify, the Health Canada response, that could happen in Q2, and then the FDA response, that could happen in uh, Q3. Is that calendar this year? Yeah, well, okay, just to be, that's a good question and, and will be very clear. So what we said about Health Canada is that since they, they went through our uh, files before uh, granting us the approval to do the first in-man study. Uh, we have some hope where the, the review could be faster. So uh, in that context, uh, at the last uh, conference call, I was talking about uh, an approval somewhere uh, around May or June 2022. Uh, for U.S., uh, you know, we do expect or plan for a few rounds of questions, which would lead us to uh, an approval somewhere in the September, October 2022 timeframe. Very clear, and thanks for taking my questions. Real pleasure, uh, Justin. Our, ne <clears throat> Our next question comes from Scott McCauley with Paradigm Capital. You may go ahead. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, for taking the question. Um, one thing we're kind of interested in is um, kind of expected catalysts or, or news flow kind of over the next six to nine months. You know, we have the savvy wire approval potentially, you know, late summer, fall, um, and expanding uh, the sales force. 
but in kind of between quarters, um, is there anything particularly that we should uh, be looking for to kind of keep interest up over the next six months? Sure. Uh, I mean, one thing that uh, we did not necessarily talk in, in, in detail during this call, but, uh, you know, options uh, is deploying a strategy to uh, increase its market share in the U.S. And, and this strategy includes uh, developing some, some business with the purchasing group, GPOs. So we already uh, have under signature uh, two significant contracts. Uh, we are in discussion for uh, uh, you know, a certain number of new contracts. So uh, it would be reasonable to expect that uh, in the next uh, few months, Austin's could uh, announce at least one new uh, major contract. Uh, in addition to this uh, uh, milestone, uh, you, you can expect to see, uh, you know, potential, uh, uh, you know, new contracts in the industrial business. You can expect also to... Uh, uh, you, you could see some uh, publication uh, of data on, on some work that has been uh, discussed during the call. So uh, potentially some, some some clinical papers that would uh, uh, further support uh, the, uh, the, the the savvy wire commercialization. And, and I mean there is a absence, as you know, we we have a very interesting platform. So there is you know, uh, various opportunities that are in discussion right now, it's difficult to, uh, to share with you any, uh, any timeline, any, any, uh, any schedule, but uh, there is, uh, you know, various discussion that could lead to, uh, you know, positive development for options that would be uh, value-creating event for uh, shareholders. Absolutely. No, that's great, Louis. Thank you. Um, one other question around kind of international um, submissions for SavvyWire, either Japan or through Europe. Um, do you have a kind of estimated timeline for, for those? Well, uh, for, uh, for uh, Europe, uh, EMEA, uh, you know, I'm confident that uh, this will be done. Uh, when we'll talk in our next conference call, it will be done. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the file is very well advanced. There is different uh, considerations that are slightly different than uh, the requirements from, uh, from the uh, FDE or Health Canada, uh, but, but this should happen very uh, rapidly. Uh, for, for Japan, uh, let's say we, uh, I would prefer to withhold on this. It, it should also happen uh, fairly rapidly. Uh, we've been in contact with the uh, uh, Japanese uh, government uh, uh, since many times, so we we are progressing in, in that direction. But you know, it, when we do a, a step back, just to uh, to to be very clear that okay, uh, for the the coronary artery disease uh, business, uh, let's say we it's, the, the market is very large in Japan, very large in Europe, and very large in in North America. In the case of Taver. The, the split is not exactly the same, where uh, clearly, I mean, U.S. and Europe are, and Canada are key markets. Uh, Japan, uh, it's a market that will develop, but right now, 
it's not, uh, let's say, as significant in terms of uh, representation of the, the worldwide uh, impact. Uh, there is much more representation for Japan in the coronary artery disease than the, the TAVR opportunity. That's great. That makes sense. Uh, and just lastly, um, I think you mentioned in some of the filings um, kind of restarting some uh, clinical trials or launching new clinical trials throughout the year um, that had been kind of put on pause by, by COVID. Um, are those kind of related to the savvy wire, um, kind of new data on OptiWire, or is there any kind of information you can share on, on those kind of new clinical trials? So uh, the, the lines that you are referring in our document, we're talking about uh, different uh, uh, clinical activities that we do for the OptiWire. Uh, on the savvy wire, uh, we have the opportunity right now to talk with uh, top Kipion leaders in the field. So we are further uh, defining uh, what we will do once we get the approval. So, so right now, I would say uh, most of the clinical uh, dollars that are being spent are spent on, on the upper water. That's great. Thank you very much for, for taking the questions and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then one. Our next question comes from Doug Meem with RBC Capital Markets. You may go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Um, my question just has to do with uh, the, the procedures that you're monitoring right now or closely monitoring. Uh, maybe, uh, Louis, you could just tell us if when you look at uh, how those procedures are changing, would you say that outside a foreign exchange, let's leave that out, in the United States, would you be over or under indexing relative to the 17% or so decline um, that we saw in that market today? Can you precise a bit your question? I'm not sure I understand well, Doug, uh, uh, your, your question. Yeah. So you indicated that you're closely monitoring procedures that uh, are going on in the marketplace, let's say in cath labs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, with that information in your hands, would you say that you're doing uh, better or worse than the declines you're seeing in the cath labs from a revenue perspective? Sure. We, we, we think we are doing better. So we, we think that uh, – and. I mean, just 
we, we were looking to existing customers that we uh, uh, we have, and, and those customers have been ordering very uh, with, with very stable and growing orders since uh, a good number of quarters. And, and suddenly, uh, I mean, we we, we saw a, a decrease. And, and when we talk with them, uh, it, it's not related to any, uh, you know. Uh, on such section about the, the product in general the feedback is incredibly positive about the upwater so so we think we are doing better than the market we are opening new uh, customers uh, the speed to open new customers could also have been better uh, I mean COVID is not helping us to install new monitors or to to have access to hospitals uh, but in general I mean we uh, there was a lot of effort that was done in improving the execution of the North American team, and we feel that we are progressing well there. Okay, great. Um, second question just has to do with that panel that you described with, uh, I believe that Dr. General was uh, running. Could you maybe walk us through what you felt were the top two or three points that came out of that? and the potential implications uh, for savvy wire once it's introduced thank you uh yes uh, interesting question and uh, uh doug you always ask questions that are uh, really appropriate where we are not necessarily uh, uh, exactly prepared for that but uh, in summary what we learned is that i mean the the tavern market is moving towards uh, no uh, patients that are, let's say, in a uh, moderate situation or less extreme than let's say, most of the, the current uh, TAVR procedure. And because of that, it will be even more critical to, uh, to make the right diagnosis, to, to make the right call. So adding the right information is crucial. The second thing that we learned is that uh, I mean, the trend around the minimally uh, in, in, invasive approach or a minimal tower where you try to reduce the number of equipment, reduce uh, the length of the procedure, reduce the stay at the hospital, all those things, it, it's what the hospitals are trying to achieve. And, and the good thing is that we think that the study water can, can have a positive contribution on this because uh, let's say if and, and of course this remains to be proven on top of the person man study but we think that if you use the savvy wire uh, with all uh, the, the the functions you can eliminate uh, let's say a pacing lead so you can eliminate uh, equipment you can eliminate access so it means less uh, less time for the, the staff of the hospital, less risk for the patient, uh, some, some direct cost savings. Uh, you can save the uh, current guide wire that is being used to deliver the valve. And you can save you know, other steps where uh, after the valve implementation, you, the, the doctors are trying to understand if uh, the, the, the valve has been successfully deployed. And, and again, that's an area where uh, the savvy wire can contribute. So, uh, in summary, what we learned from, uh, you know, the uh, Hemodynamic Roundtable is that uh, 
Okay. All doctors may not have exactly the same uh, the same approach, the same uh, practice to execute their tavern, but uh, we were seeing for all of them, or or they were seeing a value proposition for the savvy water in, in all of their cases. Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Our next question comes from Nicholas Cordellucci with M Partners. You may go ahead. Hey, Louis and Robin. How's it going? Very well, and you, Nicholas? Yeah. Great, thanks. Um, just a couple of questions for me. Um, firstly, I was wondering if you guys could provide some color on how the OptiWire is progressing within your uh, existing GPO contracts. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what, what we can say is that, uh, uh, let's see, there is approximately 40% uh, uh, of our accounts in the U.S. right now that are uh, under uh, GPO contracts. Uh, I mean, this is uh, obviously a, a big figure, and, and, and we don't want to, uh, to, to overstate that. Been, you know, there were some that were absent customers prior to our uh, GPO initiative, but uh, if, if we use uh, the, the growth that we got since we started this process, we were able to grow uh, the, the volume by 23% as an average. Great. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, but then the other one for me, um, on the TAVR side, what are you guys doing to ramp up production in terms of manufacturing of the units? Well, we, we are working on, on this uh, uh, right now. Uh, I mean, the, the approach and Absence has, uh, has very good knowledge and experience with this. Uh, uh, if we come back, I mean, the up to water, uh, we, we started this from, from scratch without any uh, manufacture, manufacturing infrastructure. Uh, today, uh, we can use all this knowledge and experience and place this in, in the savvy water. So uh, we uh, during the, you know, between today and the next uh, conference call, we will have started the regular manufacturing of the, the savvy water in, in preparation for the launch. Uh, we already have done, I mean, multiple uh, batches of, of production. And, and so we are working internally on adding the right equipment to meet the, the demand from our customers. We are also working very closely uh, with our suppliers to make sure that uh, they, they get a, a good understanding of the, the, the capacity, the volume that we need uh, to ensure that, again, we will meet uh, customers' expectations. Perfect. That's all for me. Thanks, guys. Congrats from the quarter. Thank you very much. This concludes our question and answer session. I'd like to turn the conference back over to management for any closing remarks. Well, uh, you know, thanks to everyone for participating on, on today's call. Uh, we look forward to hopefully speaking with all of you again shortly. Thank you. The conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.
Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.